Cena wants it from the second rope here. Super Got it! Bam! Cover! What? Oh! As John Cena's opponent at SummerSlam is Baron Corbin. Barry made certain that John Cena was not going to win. edition of just what the internet needed more of that's right it's a wrestling podcast another wrestling podcast it's called top marks it's another wrestling podcast called top marks i'm justin morrison and i'm joined once again by the janitor himself it's time to take out the trash it is me josh custodio yes the janitor hello (laughs) i'm here and I'm once again, just fully leaning into the gimmick. I can't help myself yeah. at this point. I'm, I'm fully on board Is with it. Is there still a part of you that's like, man, I don't want this? Yeah, I mean, there's still the part of me where I'm like, were I in a pro wrestling federation? Yeah. A janitor is a terrible gimmick to get landed. Like you're never, you're never made of anything. I don't know. The, like the drifter seemed like a bad gimmick initially. It's not as bad as a janitor it, on paper. <laughs> on paper, somebody being like, "You're gonna, you're gonna play songs and be kind of like a wandering." I think star. it's kind of like the Drifter, though, and that you're just going to appear in the back of all of the backstage segments, oh, like yeah? pushing your mop around. Oh yeah, yeah. Other guys are having confrontations. <laughs> yeah, and sounds like just, I'm getting over. You're just in the background. You know, you are getting over because week after week this is happening, and people are gonna like point at the TV and be like, "Did you see? Did you see the janitor? The janitor? He was in the background." He's there. You know, th- there may be something to that, that like the, you know, I could appear backstage. Anywhere there's cleaning to do, there I would be. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not the janitor versus John Cena. And then, and then Kurt Angle one day is like, you know, janitor, I want you to know. <laughs> I'm seeing you everywhere I go. You're not lost on me. 
I'm going to give you the opportunity you've been looking for. Here in the WWE, we yeah. love cleaning, Chris. <laughs> and then, like, no, your gimmick becomes that you're about to have your big break. Yeah. But every time some some horrible mess <laughs> I have to, like, rush to yeah. a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the janitor versus Miz for the Intercontinental title has been booked for tonight's Raw. But right before the match is set to take place, it's like, oh, janitor, oh. Uh, b- a bunch of people just puked on the cars. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, my match is I'm, I'm in the ring waiting for my opponent, and then I get called away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the concourse is what I meant to say. I see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, gotta, welcome. You got to go mop up the vomit. <laughs> welcome to the listeners to another week of Top Marks, another wrestling podcast. For those of you who have not listened before, like he said, he is Justin Morris, said I am the janitor, Josh Custodio, and every week we break down the one, two, three biggest topics in the world of wrestling, and we talk about them for no longer than how long, Justin? Uh, 15 minutes at a time, no longer than a WCW television title match. That is the exact amount of time we talk about that for. Uh, Justin, I, I'm here to apologize to you this week. Really? I'm here to apologize. Yeah, I, I feel some guilt. Uh, last week, I, on my Twitter account, Josh C, with a zero instead of the yo, I said, mustard is so clutch. And you responded that mustard belongs in the trash. It's true, I did say that. This exploded this you you got a tremendous amount of hatred for this albeit terrible i did i did i uh i really i i milked the heat for all it was worth you really did i incited the crowd and they they vociferously booed me they really did Uh, but but i i I was clear when i said listen i love you i don't agree with this but listen i'm not gonna bury a guy over his food taste other people were not so kind. That's true. That's true. There were. What do you think? Do you think there were hundreds of replies to your takes on uh, mushrooms? Uh, yeah, something like that. It had the. Yeah, I got. I got replies being like, "Oh, we got a ratio going." <laughs> oh no! Like the replies significantly outnumbered the faves and retweets. Here's oh, the is thing, this a though. Thing? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's like when somebody says something stupid online, it'll be like. Three retweets, fifteen faves, four thousand replies. Oh, okay, I've never, I've never, I didn't it's, know this. That's the that's the ratio. Okay. of having a shitty take. The thing is, people were saying that about my take. Uh, I just want to point out that um, the amount of faves that it received more than doubled the amount of replies. <laughs> so yeah, there was a ratio there, and it was not in favor of what you <laughs> were saying. It was in favor of. I think the majority of people backed me up that mustard is trash. Ah, uh, well, listen. Just just to be clear, now we have settled things behind the seeds. We're on the same page. We both love mustard. I never said that. Oh, okay. This is a <laughs> viscous, acidic fluid that I will not get on board with. Uh, and if you dump it on me, the demon is coming. Oh well, I, I don't want that. <laughs> no. uh, I don't think. Yeah. Although even when you draw the comparison to Finn Balor, I'm not sure what the demon means for yeah. him either. Maybe we could talk about Bray that Wyatt later. wants to talk about mustard. <laughs> I got mustards of my own, <laughs> and this Sunday the mustard will be there. That'll pop the crowd big time. I thought out. on TV mustard was bad, <laughs> but in person, but on hot dogs, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> so, uh, as always, uh, for those who have been a fucking year since that promo, and has we're still it really? referencing it, man, yeah. it's never not funny to me. Yeah, the the you Seth saw Rollins him. and uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, his laugh on TV was bad but in person it's horrible horrible 
so, for those of you who may be listening for the first time, this is the podcast called Top Marks. Every week, like I said, we go through over three rounds. Do we want to talk about the th- what the three rounds are this weekend? Uh, yeah. The, I mean, it's a big weekend this weekend. It's a big weekend. Uh, there's a, l- a lot going on. It's been a big month, of course, because yeah. this is following up uh, another huge weekend. Uh, there's almost really not enough time in the day, in the week, in the month, in the year, maybe, to For follow all, all of this wrestling. It's true. There is a... But you do load. your best. I try. I try to stay contained to just WWE. I watched a lot of wrestling this week. Yes, you did. <laughs> even wrestling that we're not even going to have time to talk about yeah. today, like CZW. Yeah, uh, once in a lifetime, the CZW pay-per-view. Not amazing, but like I tweeted out, and Joey Janela was nice enough to retweet us. Him versus Leo Rush. Joey Janela versus Leo Rush. Well worth finding on the internet from CZW once in a lifetime. Hell yeah, player. Now, twice in a lifetime. That's the one that's going to yeah. be worth checking out. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. You know, they, they'd never do that. No, never. No one would. No one would ever <laughs> go back and do the same thing uh, twice in a row. Asshole move. Yeah, especially after you've promoted it as being a one-time only thing <laughs> that you could never miss. Uh, yeah, no one would ever do that. No, no I don't think uh, so. But speaking of WWE, let's talk about which rounds we have on deck today. Yeah, so as I was drafting up our show notes this week, Justin, I thought, okay, obviously we're going to do a round preview viewing SummerSlam, right? Of course, yeah. As I started to write out how many matches there were, we have to break this up into two rounds this week, the SmackDown side and the Raw side of And there was a lot to talk about on both sides. I felt like the television was extremely eventful on both Raw and SmackDown Definitely true. After kind of a lull week last week. I did not like last week. I did not like it at all either. At least Raw. SmackDown was okay. Uh, I'm I'm all in. I'm back on board. Sign me up. I still think there's a chance this could turn out to be honorable. But uh, anyway, two of our rounds... Based around SummerSlam, but we're going to use those as the breads of the sandwich, and inside will be a discussion on the G1, Naito, this Okada Omega trilogy. I I took this all in this weekend. I've got some things to say. Now, I am going to just be beholden to your expertise oh, well, you're in that round, because I personally did not watch any of the G1. But you know the results. I you, do. Yeah. Yeah, I do, and uh, we can just talk about uh, sort of, you know, uh, tournament wrestling in general. Absolutely. And, and uh, why it's so exciting and and why uh, the big company over here seems to have no problem putting a network special tournament together every right. single summertime. That's true. But uh, doesn't want to do that with their main product, unfortunately, any longer. We can maybe talk, talk about that a little mm, bit. I would like to. All right. Well, uh, there's also another big thing going on this weekend. Oh, Saturday there? night. Oh, TakeOver. NXT TakeOver. Yeah, that's right. We are not going to devote a round to that this week Why because not? there's only five matches and I don't know how much we have to say about them. I'm excited for TakeOver. Yeah. Um, I, f- I feel like NXT is kind of in a low point right now, despite the fact that they have a very talented roster. Yeah, the top of the NXT roster right now is bananas. But every time I start to think like, oh my god, this is the least hyped TakeOver ever. It's probably going to be terrible. Like, Chicago they're not really interested in anything that's happening right now. What is going on in NXT? It is really sliding the takeovers just always deliver. It's true. And it always. is worth noting we're recording this on a Wednesday before we've watched Takeover, so there may be matches yeah, added. The, yeah, the go home NXT is is still yet to air as we record here. Anything else we want to Oh wait, uh Justin, I have some ad copy to read here. I forgot we have a sponsor. Oh, this week. do we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> do you like playing bass? <laughs> do you have hands? Do you need decoration for your house? Because if so, maybe you need a mid-2000s Epiphone Thunderbird. <laughs> uh, you can, uh, yeah, use uh, promo code TOPMARKS 
if you tweet at me, yeah, and uh, receive twenty percent off. Well, maybe not that negotiable. Much. Nego- uh, negotiable discount. Probably the same price. Promo code top marks. Probably no benefit. Yeah, if you use the code top marks. <laughs> But uh, yeah, sorry, I had to get that ad copy out of the way. Yeah, they did pay quite a bit this week. Well, last week, we, yeah. we, 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 I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, the check bounced last week, but yeah. they're back in yeah, the money they're again paying this the, week. The, well, I mean, it's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else you want to touch off off the hop today, uh, No, I think I think that about covers it. Well, I then with that, yeah, it's time to dive in to round number one. Round one. Fight. You know what I like to do on Mondays, Justin? What? Go to work. Yeah? No. I like to watch Monday Night Raw with my friend Justin Morrison. Well, we didn't do that this week because you were busy at work. It's true. I did have to yeah. go away for work this <laughs> week. <laughs> um, but Monday Night Raw had a, a go-home show this week that I thought, I did watch it in my hotel, I thought was uh, one of the more strong episodes of Raw we've seen in a little while. What I thought it think? was excellent. Yeah. I really enjoyed the way the show went off the air. Yep. Uh, felt like a classic Raw or Nitro tactic even to just end the show before a pay-per-view in complete chaos and just be like, we're out of time, folks. See you this Sunday. Which is something I don't think that they go to enough. I like that feeling of like, oh, I do now. now, Oh, oh God, I want to see how this concludes. You know, it's I'm excited for that. Yeah, it is a rare feeling to feel like we're not getting a conclusion at the end of a show. That's right. And need to need to come back. Right. Uh, And there was a lot of reasons for you to want to come back on this show because I feel like it did a really good job pretty much across the board of getting me fired up for this pay-per-view. Yep. Uh, what did you think of Seth and Dean putting the, the fists in? A uh, huge moment. I got chills yep. when they finally bumped fists, and I feel stupid for having that reaction <laughs> because of what like a small moment it really is in the grand scheme. But uh, they've, they've really earned it, and mm-hmm. this is a storyline that has been one of the more rewarding things on Raw, week in and week out. And it's funny, it opened the show this week. It's one of those rare things where, like, they could literally slot these guys in anywhere on the show because they feel so huge. Uh, Even despite the fact that, like, you know, they both have slipped a little bit in recent months in terms Mm -hmm. of what their overall stock and standing might be within the company. Like, it's crazy to think that we're having this huge fatal four-way for the main title in the company, and there's not one... Uh, I was going to say there's not one S.H.I.E.L.D. guy in there, but I guess Roman <laughs> is in the match. Yeah. Uh, there's was not, he in the S.H.I.E.L.D.? There's not... <laughs> I mean... Tough to tell. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, I mean, he's changed his music and his look so much since then, it's hard <laughs> to remember. Uh, no, but the, just that Seth isn't in it, you know? Because he, he was... It is weird. ...on top for so long, and deservedly so, because he's excellent. Uh, it's just weird that he is no longer one of the top four guys on Raw, never mind in the company. I um, also felt stupid for getting excited by it. Because yeah. as it was happening, Seth puts out his fist, Dean has a moment, and then puts out his fist, and then Seth sort of denies it. I thought that was so stupid. I was like, "This doesn't." Do you were good ten seconds ago, but not now. I think the fact that they finally had it out and like had like a scrap, right. like brothers, basically, uh, it was really good. Once they did that, I was yeah. very like you. I was really fired up about it. Are, are you excited for the Sheamus and Cesaro? For the tag team title match. I am. And do you think that they put it on Seth and Dean here? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, not just because uh, I have backstage knowledge that Seamus is going to leave to go shoot a movie pretty soon here. Oh, really? Uh, so 
What, uh, do you know what movie? I'm not sure what he's in. Oh, I just okay. know that he is in a John Cena situation where his availability might become limited pretty quick here because of a shooting schedule. Maybe he's going to play Green Lantern. Maybe he's reprising his role as whatever role he played in the Ninja Turtles movie yeah, he was, was in. Yeah, yeah so one sure. of the... Probably a great movie. One of the... Whatever they're called. Rocksteady and Bebop. That's it. He was Rocksteady, I believe. Okay, well... So I, too, think that it's going to go on to Seth and Dean, and I think it should. Uh, how do you think as a match this is going to play out? Uh, I think, honestly, it'll be really good because, um, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, the, the run of matches from a work rate perspective that Shazaro uh, uh, yeah. had with the Hardys. Uh, but clearly the Hardys are are not what they once were. You know, it's impressive that they can still do these things at the age that they're at, but... You know, I think it was exemplified best by the match that they had against the Revival the week before yep, the Revival yep. went out with injury. Totally agree. Where, like, you know, it's almost comical how huge Dash and Dawson are selling for these guys because <laughs> their offense looks like it's coming at them in slow motion, which makes the sell jobs. Like when Dash did, like, a flip and then bounced himself out of the ring. To the apron. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> but, like... Uh, you know, I, I'm happy to see the Hardy Boys back. I don't want that to be a slight against them. I just think that in terms of uh, two guys who can match up against Sheamus and Cesaro and really get the best out of them from a pure match perspective in the ring, it, you know, I part of the reason that I love Seth Rollins so much, like, I really enjoyed his heel character. I thought it was very funny. But... He's amazing in the ring. He's like Raw's answer to AJ Styles. He's not on the AJ level, glad you, glad but you, he yeah. is like He's the best they've got. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, from that perspective, absolutely, I I have really enjoyed the singles matches that he had with Sheamus and Cesaro. I like those month. too. Yeah. And I really enjoyed uh, just the physical confrontation that they had to really solidify this angle and get that fist bump finally as well. Uh, just like you know. Seth coming with some flying offense to Dean's defense. Like, this is a pairing that is really going to work well. These are all four guys who could easily be main eventers on their own if they weren't in the tag division. I don't uh, think Cesaro could be, but that's another discussion for another day. you got to have at least, like, one ounce of charisma. But you know who has all the charisma in the world, and I was broken that we did not watch Raw this Monday together? Who? Titus O'Neil. Yes. What happened on Monday Night Raw involving Titus O'Neil this week? Very surprising that they decided to do this title change on Raw instead of the, the, the pay-per-view. Because Titus Worldwide. Worldwide! My faction Worldwide. that I invented, that Titus stole yeah. from this podcast. Really, Justin Morris at Worldwide. Yeah. Uh, he got his first taste of gold. Not him personally, but Akira Tozawa is now the cruiserweight champion. Hell yeah. It was a great match. Yep. It was probably the hottest a crowd has been for a cruiserweight match on the main roster. What's even close? Possibly ever. What's even close? Um, like maybe the the pay-per-view match where... Oh, Gallagher and Neville. Yeah, if you're counting Neville pay-per-views. won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like on TV, easily the hottest TV oh, match far. ever. Uh, the crowd was super into it, particularly by the end uh, where Tozawa had done three sentons yeah. by that point. One of the coolest finishers in the company, by the way. We don't talk about that enough. His senton from the top And his is... suicide dive is by far the best suicide dive in the company also. It's Unless the you... only one that actually looks dangerous. <laughs> I just shit on him, but if you count uh, Cesaro's Topic on Hero, that's probably yeah. my favorite of those. But um, Here's what I wanted to say is uh, that ending Neville's streak, I think it was 184 days if, if memory serves, on Raw, I was initially going, 
Why would they do this? But given that the cruiserweights are often relegated, and I suspect they will be on SummerSlam, to the pre-show, I really liked this. Ending the Neville streak, it felt like, okay, so what's going to happen? It steered me towards the pay-per-view in a way that I didn't think it was going to. Did it have a similar effect on you? Uh, well, I think one of the other key reasons why you might want to do it on Raw is because... Uh, I don't know about you or the general uh, audience at large, but I felt the change coming. You know, like oh, it's, really? it is it is time. It I was, was time for Neville's reign to end. I thought, uh, you know, you you're running out of opponents for him in general. That's true. And so, if you're going to make the change, you kind of have to do it now because you've spent all this time building up Tozawa to be a babyface that the crowd really does invest in. Yeah. And who's going to be the one to topple him if not this guy? There's literally no one left. He's already ran through all of the people that the audience was into, whether it's a Gallagher or a uh, you know Rich Swan or, yeah. or what have you. There's really no key, strong baby faces for him to lose it to, especially with Austin Aries leaving the company, because that seemed like maybe it could come back around and Aries would be the babyface champion at some point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you kind of had to do it now. And if I'm feeling it coming at the pay-per-view, then it's probably better to give me a surprise early by giving me the thing that I'm already expecting sooner than I'm expecting it. I will now definitely watch Tazawa and Neville on Saturday, whereas it may have been just something on the pre-show I didn't watch otherwise. Uh, from one end of the weight spectrum to the other, Big Show and Big Cass are going to be trying to punch each other. Are we into this? Uh, after a slew of segments that I was not into at all, I really felt like they redeemed it on Monday. Cass killed it Cass on Monday. Who I've been very critical of on this show. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he, he was great. dead in the water, yeah. honestly. I thought this whole thing with him as a heel has been falling flat. Maybe not quite as flat as like Jason Jordan's babyface solo push. No, but not certainly no degree of audience investment. That all changed changed and I, and it's a entirely a credit of the crowd in Boston this all week. night on Monday yeah. yeah they treated him like he was Roman reigns basically yeah. nobody got a hotter reaction uh, than Cass because yeah. like even Roman was used very sparingly on the show uh, and did not get the kind of sustained reaction that Cass did throughout the night I also like the angle of taking away the knockout punch out of Big Show's arsenal I love that the smashing of the, the hand match. in the cage and it's one of those things where like I really don't know where this is going it's one of the very few matches on this entire card where you know there's clearly some kind of angle that's going to come out of this with Enzo up in the cage I have no idea what's going to happen, and that's a pretty rare thing, I feel like, in wrestling these days. I don't have a lot of faith that this is going to be a great match, but I'm into the outcome. I want to know what happens, like you said, where this goes as an angle. Uh, how, how about Alexa Bliss and uh, Sasha Banks? You I, feeling, I you think feeling it's anything? time for Sasha to win the title. I think it's going to be a huge deal uh, for her to do it in Brooklyn with a crowd that's going to be very much on her side. I feel like she should have been the one to win the number one contenders match in the first place. Yep. So Bailey's injury is actually very fortuitous to them. And having Bailey out of the picture, like, let Sasha rehabilitate this entire division by throwing it on her back as champion. And when Bailey comes back and the the title is in you know better uh, state of repute or standing in the overall company. Then you can turn Sasha by having her say like, you know, look at what I've done while you were gone. This is because yeah. of me, and I had to fix your problem basically. I think you could see Sasha hit uh, Arm and Sling Bailey 
this Sunday after winning the title. Ooh, that's a possibility too. But I do feel like right now, until Bailey comes back, they do have a longer list of heel challengers than Bailey. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, Justin, you remember that time I dumped barbecue sauce all over your head? Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a question about this later. That is not my phrasing. That's the illustrious early 90s fans <laughs> on Twitter. GIF maker extraordinaire, friend of ours. Uh, but uh, Bray Wyatt did that to Finn Balor yeah, this viscous, week. viscous, acidic, li- fluid, liquid, did, some kind of, you know, Did this make you more into this? this feud, I feel like this feud sucks. It was a cool image, and I honestly did like... Finn, like, flopping around in the like ring. Like, selling it? Yeah. I thought it was... I, I Like, the actual match itself that led up to it was not that great. But we, I've been critical of where this build has been going for a while because it feels like it's behind the eight ball. Like, we're not caught up to where we need to be before the match itself. I was thinking, though, like, you know, one of the things is, like, we keep... You think that this is going to be all about the demon, and we didn't even get mention of the demon until the very last minute before the match. And I think I actually like that, because I was thinking back to last summer and the match that was for the Universal title in the first place, Finn versus Seth. I thought they gave too much away on that. Okay. By yeah, by having him talk up the demon all month long and bringing out the paint job on Monday night before the pay-per-view. Some things should be saved for Sunday. Make it special. And honestly, as like as much as it feels like this is not where it needs to be, him just finally announcing, you know, Bray Wyatt wants to talk about demons. I got demons of my own. It got a huge pop from the crowd in the building, and it got a huge pop from me but, at home as well. I think just like that's all you need. Is, but what is the demon? It's it's his it's his alter ego. It's, but he looks and acts. He dresses different, but he moves the exact same. There's no discernible difference in him. He gets I, beat when he's Finn Balor. He never oh, uses okay, I get demon. it. So he's he's better because the hair and makeup. Yeah, because okay. he's tapping into his animal instincts. So and, why not do that every the, time? And the demon takes over because it's draining, because it's emotionally and physically exhausting to have uh, this dark spirit take over your body. He basically. needs to explain that. Because Absolutely they do. But I, I, I also feel like, uh, you know, less is more in this situation because we got more last year and it wasn't good. And who's winning it? Uh, Finn Balor absolutely has to. And it, the main... And honestly, by the time this match rolls around, it will be one full year since we last saw him get painted up. It's time. It feels like a big deal. I'm ready for it. I'm very excited. Let's get horrible. Okay, and in the main event, it's going to be that four-way. I think everyone's excited about this. Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Who's winning, Justin, and who do you want to win? I, I want Samoa Joe to win. I do feel like Lesnar will find a way to retain. Okay. They have introduced it in such a way that the deck is so thoroughly stacked against him that he can't do it, that it's a mass conspiracy against him, that, and introduced this thing where he'll leave if yeah. he loses. I don't think he's leaving, and I don't think he's going to drop the title either. I think ultimately we're going to have a crackling match that's Woo! going to be spectacular. But uh, uh, I would love Joe to win I do feel like Brock is going to retain and that the program coming out of this is going to be Brock versus Braun one-on-one because that is hot as hell. What's, uh, make the noise that will happen if Roman Reigns wins. What will emit out of your body? Boo! <laughs> Boo! I want to go on the record here before the round ends. I think Papa Braun's taking this bitch down. Eh.
All right. Well, Josh, I think we have like a little game to play in between. Oh, rounds. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like that you're trying to sell this like it's a little game. SummerSlam is this weekend. Who cares? Nobody but right cares. Right now, it's time for Drummer Slam. Want to explain the rules? <laughs> uh, do you? I feel like it's more your game. Ah, uh, no, no. Every way. single week at band practice. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, at band practice every week, I have my drummer Brock play a uh, a pro wrestler's catchphrase on the drums. Uh, it is indiscernible. It does not sound like the catchphrase to anybody except for Brock, Matt, and myself. Yeah. But poor Justin has to sit across and guess what this catchphrase is every week. Justin, are you ready for this week's drummer song? I am. I am ready. And yes, I am guessing the words of a famous catchphrase based solely on the rhythm, the beat that these words have, and nothing about anything else there's this is an impossible game i got it right one time the first time and it was beginner's luck because i'll likely never get it right ever again in oh my we life. forgot to call it the people's segment this yes, is the people's segment absolutely and we will listen to uh what the catchphrase might be right now here we go I feel you can get this one. Uh, it's very short, mm-hmm. and obviously it ends on something uh, very punctuated with that cymbal smash at the end. Mm. Um, part, one of my first inclinations was Luke Gallows saying, calling people nerds. Okay. Uh, just because there's that pause there, and then nerds would be the cymbal smash. But I, I think it might actually be... Uh, I was also leaning more towards Chris Jericho for some reason, because obviously that's a man with many catchphrases. Yeah, he's got a lot of catchphrases. And I doubt that, you know, three weeks into the catchphrase well, we are so low in the bottle (laughs) that we're scraping the bottom of the barrel to go all the way to Luke Gallows' no, catchphrase. No, we're not there yet. I'll tell you that. You could eliminate Luke Gallows from this. No, so... uh, you know, I my first idea for Jericho was shut the hell up, but then there's that pause there because I don't feel like that's present in shut the hell up, you know? Like, yeah. that's a different rhythm. Uh, so I'm going to go... I am going to stick with Jericho. Okay. And I'm going to go, drink it in, man! Yes! Yes! You got it, Justin! <laughs> you got it! Confetti should be raining down from the ceiling I right am, now. Anytime you get this right, it seems impossible know, to me. I know. I Whoa. Know. Uh, but I did. Wa- I, I mean, I walked you through all my thought processes there. Yeah. And if I just said, you know, bunch of nerds or whatever, that's why I shied away from that one. Is I can't even think of what the setup is. Right. It's not really a yeah. catchphrase. It's, it's just nerds him yelling is. nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I a am a bunch of nerds. nerds. I'm blown away. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm better at this than I thought. I got, Yeah, I'm two out of three so Yeah, at the far. beginning of this, you were like, oh, I've only gotten one right. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out you're, you have a winning record. Yeah. And with that, we will advance to round number two.
Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin, we're we're good friends, you know, but I I still I still have to learn things about you sometimes even on air. So I'm going to open this round with a question. Sure. Are you from Winnipeg? No. Yeah, I knew that. I knew you weren't. Just for the sake of the segue, though, do you know who is from Winnipeg? Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is a Canadian brethren to us, and my God, what a national treasure he is. And he, he was is. spotted, in fact, earlier this week at the Vancouver airport. I saw somebody say that. Making his way back from uh, the G1. Where do you think he was going? Uh, probably back home to Winnipeg or something, I would assume. you think he still lives in Winnipeg? I don't know. Probably. Why wouldn't you? Ah, Winnipeg sucks. I'm, I have to go I'm there sure once a week. sure he pays, like, less tax. Or maybe it's more tax than if you lived in the States. I have no idea. I have no idea, but good luck. Oh, man, Winnipeg, oh, forget well, it. I don't know. I, where do you think Chris Jericho lives regularly these days? Probably L.A.? Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's I just want to assume that these good Canadian boys stay close to home. because Re- Even being, like, in the same city as Kenny Omega was a bit of a trip for yeah. me, even if it was brief. Yeah, well, somebody came up to him at the airport and asked to take a photo with him, and he was like, why, so you can prove I'm still alive? After this weekend, <laughs> that would be the reason to take a photo with Kenny Omega. Because, good lord. So, I, I'm going to work in reverse here, okay? Yes. Uh, I think that, uh, here, I'll start with a bit of a hot take. I don't think any of the Omega Okada matches are my favorite Omega or Okada matches from this year so far. Okay? Yes. And, uh, and I'll say that, like I said, working backwards. I was uh, blown away. Absolutely sitting in my hotel room when I finally got around to watching this, jaw dropped. By the G1 final this you year. You thought Omega and Naito was better than any Omega Okada match? I, I think it's it's probably going to end up being my match of the year. Now, I reserve the right to, to switch these Sorry things up. Sorry for spoiler alert there. Yeah. I feel like you were holding that out as no, a no, no, listen, moment I, of suspense. No, no, which match you might like better? It, uh, it, uh, it was everything I like in a pro wrestling match, that one. Uh, Naito and Omega for the G1 final. Now, I'm sad that our Canadian boy did not win setting up what would be then Omega Okada 4, because they are only currently 1-1-1, one, one, and one, which I think is uh, tremendous booking to have mm-hmm. that draw in the middle. But there still is, is uh, they are viewed very much as equals. You know what I mean? And even just to have Omega make it back to the final the year after winning like, is still very impressive, even if he didn't win again. Absolutely. Uh, this match had everything. So much storytelling. It's these... I don't know that I understand. And I also feel like we're headed towards an Omega Abushi match at Wrestle Kingdom. That's kind of what it seems. And I am super into that. Like well, I will, I would watch that. Well, yeah. Are, did you follow the Golden Lovers at all? No. No. Okay. At all. You are familiar. They used to be a tag team, and their whole gimmick was they were like very bromancey, sort of uh, wink, wink to the camera. Okay. No. It was excellent. It was super great. Um, However, so so in this G one, let's let's talk about this Omega Okada trilogy because there's a lot of people banding about is this the greatest wrestling feud ever, uh, or certainly the greatest trilogy. And and for me, you can't say it's the greatest feud yet. Um, in terms of the greatest trilogy of matches, I don't even know what's close. I've seen some people say uh, Flair Steamboat, but this was to me head and shoulders beyond that. The the story you get to build. When you have three matches, that by the end it's all based around can he hit that one winged angel in the middle? And I think even uh, like just the implications for the tournament that were laid on to this oh, third yeah. match as well, with Kenny being a point behind mm-hmm. and needing an outright victory and having less time to do it than he's ever had before. Exactly. Like there's all kinds of uh, psychology things that that come into that that are carryovers from the previous matches. No question. So you're more invested right away than you otherwise would be. Well, and part of the reason people remember the Undertaker streak being so legendary is that every near fall, 
is now, it's not for that match. It's the streak is on the line. So for every match. Exactly. So you're biting on all of those things for every Undertaker match, and it elevates all of those matches, which is why the streak's so legendary. They're also great matches. But you were some get, of them. Yeah, but there's also some absolute stinkers. Yeah, let's not another say they're show all for great. another day. Yeah. He does have a streak, though, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but the every time Omega going for any sort of Who's setup. Who's the worst Undertaker WrestleMania match, would you say? Uh... Like, what was his name? Uh, Giant, Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, Giant Gonzalez, probably. <laughs> Worst Undertaker at Mania? Yeah, that, it's. I, I haven't watched it, any of the real shit ones recently yeah. enough to know. Probably Roman Reigns. Yeah, that fuck, that sucked. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so you were getting a bit of that with all of these Omega one-winged angel setups. And commentary put over, listen, he's, he's one away. We know this can finish him. Mm-hmm. Commentary is also putting over that, listen, he nearly had him last time in the 60 minutes. He only has 30 minutes here. It's not all that realistic for him to be able to pin Okada. But what they did was they changed the pace of the match out the gate. Kenny is going High after. intensity. And it was so that they worked three such different, such wonderful matches together. I mean, chemistry isn't the most common thing. We talk about this on the show sometimes. But pacing in a 60-minute match is incredibly important also because it's like, you know, you to, to get the buy-in late, you need to pace yourself early, basically. Absolutely. Uh, and I think when you remove that element... Uh, from the storytelling, that this is not going to be a 60-minute knockdown drag-out classic, that you change some things for the better as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I think I hadn't really considered going in. But again, great storytelling. The second the match started, it's like, oh, yes, this is what would happen if this were the case, which I thought was just just outstanding. To make him as desperate as possible, and that is the reason why everything is moving faster right from the beginning. Exactly. And you see Okada being even a little bit shook by it. Out the gate. Oh, he's coming at me like a pit bull here. I, I also would be remiss if I didn't bring up both the Naito match and in that trilogy match. I don't know how the hell these guys are surviving these bumps. And I'm not saying that in a, a jokey sense. I mean, these... They are going insane. There's right a now. lot of like neck drops, basically. Have you seen the, this gif that's going around of the Kenny Omega Uranagi on Okada? It's sort of like a rock bottom setup, and then he spins in midair. I haven't seen okay. it. Um, I almost wonder. I'll, I'll pull it up for you after, and you, you can respond. Because it's effectively, to me, it looks like he's just getting spiked on his head yeah. by Kenny Omega, who's actually throwing him. The, these matches are... And that's a pretty terrifying prospect. Yeah, I would not like that to happen <laughs> to me. Um, and to, to close out the loop, uh, my favorite Okada match this year would be the Shibata match that happened earlier this year that nearly killed Shibata. Um, do we want to talk about the Shibata return at the G1 at I all? mean, he came out... And did a back bump? But I don't, I don't know. When I was hearing about it, it was like, oh my god, he's back. I don't feel like it's a he's back so much as he's not dead. He can walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's... We can maybe contrast this with your love of Daniel Bryan, who yes. I think is maybe your... Is he your favorite wrestler? Absolutely. Okay, your favorite wrestler. So for me, Shibata is not my favorite wrestler, but he is a guy who, up to this point, I've had tremendous interest in seeing literally beat the shit out of people. Do you want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle very physical style again? Are you comfortable seeing that? Uh, No. Honest, like Honestly, the fact that he didn't change his style when he came back from injury the first time wasn't like good. like he's done because he did a headbutt spot with Sheamus you know like why even like even the latter match where he won the intercontinental title he won it in a on top of a ladder headbutt right. exchange with Dolph Ziggler why are you doing headbutt 
stuff at all. Is it possible he's trying to give Dolph Ziggler like one iota of talent? Like he was headbutting him, trying to like transfer some of his innate great wrestling ability into Dolph Ziggler? No. Oh, okay. I don't think that's possible. I think that might be the case. So for me, I, I do not want to see Shibata wrestle again. As much as I enjoy it, there's enough great pro wrestling that I don't need these guys who are on the record as extremely injured. Like it sounded life-threatening to Shibata mm-hmm. at one point. I don't need to see it. There's enough of a back catalog. Now, I don't know that that's necessarily where Daniel Bryan is. No, he's not on the Shibata. Yeah. Uh, so, so honestly, like, if he were to come back and do another match, and it would probably be in New Japan because WWE won't let it happen, uh, I I probably would be into that because I feel like he could he could do, like, not work a regular schedule, but maybe be on, like, an Undertaker-style schedule where he works maybe one or two right. matches a year. I definitely feel like he could probably do that. Someone asked me this relative to Shibata, so I'll ask it to you relative to Daniel Bryan. Does his opponent matter to you for that in terms of how comfortable you are? Uh, Kind of, yeah. Like, if he's wrestling, let's say, a Zack Sabre Jr. or Chad Gable, somebody who's very mat-based, somebody who's going to keep it on the ground, not going to take too many hard blows. Now, they're still hard blows. Yeah. I'm not saying they don't happen. But relative to, like, a, I don't know, an Ishii or a... Uh, Sheamus or somebody, somebody who's like yeah, or, or even like if Daniel Bryan were to return for one more match in WWE and it was announced that it was against Shinsuke Nakamura, I don't know that I would love that. What about Brock Lesnar? Because le- yeah, definitely not. <laughs> See, there's, there's because, tears to this because like I, as much as I love Nakamura, like you know the reason that the revival were out before this latest injury is because Dash took the Kinshasa in the jaw legit. And, you know, he obviously just dropped John Cena on his head a couple weeks ago. Like, those are both devastating blows to the head. Completely unintentional. But, but Justin, he works strong style. Completely unintentional. So I'm not trying to fault him for it. But when you have to be mindful of the fact that you're taking on somebody who's had serious head injuries in the past, no, I'm not okay with it. That's and Brock, again, like, intentionally concussing Randy Orton last year when he'd just come back from injuries and had a, a long slew of concussion problems we've talked many times about how that was fucked up and Absolutely. i'm not okay with that either uh I, I hate to retread here but with uh just one last thing on uh naito and uh kenny omega there is a i don't know for, for those of you who may not seek out the whole match i don't know if there's a clip of this online maybe i should clip it and throw it up there there's a forearm and chop exchange at the end of it where it's Everything that is good and wholesome about pro wrestling, where it's two exhausted guys both playing their parts absolutely. It's well worth seeking out to anybody, and the entire finishing sequence is is just aces. But I want to ask you, Justin, sure. after after listening to me you spend time personally, talk about how much I've enjoyed this and what a run, how it's almost hindering my SummerSlam enjoyment a little bit because I'm like, ah, I'm not going to see any wrestling of that tier. Does that make you want to watch the G1 next year? Um, I still feel like the G1 is too much of an investment. Right. Like, it's like 21 days of matches. I think it was 52 weeks. No, we did this exact same joke segment last week. Because I'm not joking. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's too much, and I don't <laughs> have time for that. Even in even in the dead of August, when yeah. sports are kind of in a lull, I still do not have time for that kind of investment. But I do want to go back and search down some of the highlight matches of the yeah. tournament from this past year. Certainly, absolutely, I do. Yeah. Does it make you, when you hear people buzzing about uh, guys like this, does that make your brain go, I want to see them in WWE? Like, then I get to see more. Yeah, for sure. I want to see Kenny Omega in WWE, of course. See, I do not want that, but I could understand the the mindset very, very much. Good Canadian kid, one of the best workers in the world. Yeah. He deserves to be 
in the top spot. Plus, he could actually come over and do very well because he is also a tremendous pro and yeah. has a character. And, you you know, know, he's the cleaner. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, he used to enter with a mop. And AJ Styles, you know, didn't have to change anything, really, about what he was doing. To, That's interesting. Like, you know, we constantly assume that, like, well, these guys who are doing this awesome stuff over there aren't going to be able to do it here because Vince just won't uh, And there is some degree of truth to that. Like the Cruiserweight division? Absolutely. <laughs> they are clearly being hindered in terms of what they're allowed to do so as not to completely outshine the rest of the roster. Which, if that's the case, why do you even have a Cruiserweight division in the first place? Great question. But, uh, never mind that. Like, we've seen guys come in and not have to change anything about themselves, you know? Like, Kevin Owens only had to stop swearing. And other than that, he's the same guy. That well, he, he doesn't do the package pile driver anymore. But, or the brain buster. But I get your point, but there are... He's, there also, are. he's also consciously removed babyface offensive spots from his offense yes. currently as he works heel that I'm sure will be reintroduced I sure hope in so. the future. You're talking about the cannonball, the moonsault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still does the cannonball, but like his aerial stuff, like the things that really impress you and make you think, well, this guy actually is an amazing athlete. He's not doing that. AJ Styles, however, certainly is doing that. Yep. And I don't know that there's really anything that was part of his arsenal that he was doing regularly in Japan that we're not seeing from him in WWE. I think only the spiral tap, which he used as like his super finisher, yeah. uh, which is extremely dangerous and looks like someone will die every time. Yeah, and I think actually did significantly injure someone in Japan also. I don't know about that, bud. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Nah, I'm pretty sure everybody's <laughs> fine. Right, hang on, I just, just got a medical report. Everybody's <laughs> fine. That's, that's, I don't know where you got your information from. Um, I just called the hospital. J- yeah. Japan hospital. But no, I do, like, I do want to see these guys, like, I do want to see Omega in WWE at some point, you know, I do want to see Abushi come back and do some cool stuff with them again. I don't know that he's ever going to commit full time, but is he going to be a guy who's like a Jushin Thunder Liger who commits to doing like one feud in NXT at a right. big NXT show? Possibly. And I'd be super into that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know... Do you want to see tournaments in general return to WWE? Yeah, I I don't, especially given the the advent of the network. I mean, the, why not? What uh, I like all of those specials are home runs consistently. The UK, the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm sure the May Young Classic's going to be fun. I like the tournaments. And it seems like New Japan sets up their basically like entire year, or at least their stretch run, a lot from July until Wrestle Kingdom. All of their feuds, all of their storytelling comes out of altercations and moments within the tournament. If you can book a tournament well, it can have storytelling implications that last a long, long time. And I feel like that's part of the problem with WWE sometimes is that these feuds do feel like they come out of nowhere, that they're completely arbitrary pairings where tournament altercations could give you a bigger... Long-term storytelling. Yes. <laughs> and we will go uh, from round number two into another little diversion that we play in between rounds. Oh, a little game called Sunday, Sunday Night, Night Tweet, Tweet, where every single week Josh Custodio scours the internet to find the best tweets from members Only of the, best. the WWE roster. These are all active members of the roster. These are people who wrestle. These are not backstage agents or anyone. Uh, we're not taking company employees as a whole. No. Nope. There's hundreds of people, maybe about 120 or so, yeah. that this could be uh, when you read a tweet and make me guess once again who the writer is. Are you ready? Wait, Justin, hang on. Do you like Sunday Night tweet? I do. I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I feel like I'm a lot better at it than the drum game. 
but my success rate might prove me entirely wrong on that. Well, then let's start with tweet number one, okay. which reads, The truth is, if your kid loves Cena, it probably means he's a good kid. The truth is, if your kid loves Cena, it probably means he's a good kid. So here's someone paying a compliment to... To, I guess Cena, but also to to, to children yeah, in general. Maybe somebody who loves kids. Not too much. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It feels like a babyface thing to say. It is a babyface. Because I don't think a heel is going to give John Cena this kind of respect. It is a babyface. It is a babyface. Hmm. Somebody who respects John Cena. Uh, probably from the SmackDown side, because they share a show, I would imagine. Uh, I'll just go with AJ Styles. Why not? It is the phenomenal one. AJ Styles really? saying that if your child likes John Cena, he's down with your kid. Oh, hell, that's quite a guess. I just was thinking that AJ himself would have respect for him given the series no, of no, amazing no, matches they had. Don't be ridiculous. No, nothing. It's only <laughs> that the kids like him. Are you ready for tweet number two, Justin? I, I am. I'm feeling pretty good about this I, whole show so far. Yeah, do you want to stop now? I'm batting 100. Should we just stop? all over the place. No, let's keep going. Okay, let's, yeah. let's ruin it. I don't think you'll get this one. Way too hard. No one, no one could get this okay, one, Justin. Okay, which means it's probably no M. Dar. I'm just we'll gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna read this one verbatim. Sure. Okay. Sure. Who the Jehovah's Witness at my door <laughs> this morning? So I, that's a first. And I was correct. It's no M. Dar. The Scottish supernova <laughs> cometh. <laughs> it's no he's Dar. always here and i know it's him because he's the only one that you're like i'm going to read this yeah, verbatim well, uh, exactly as written i gotta read it you verbatim. don't bother to say that about anyone else i see that you get the, the implication joke. is that of course you would i think if you listen to every episode i use the exact same words before <laughs> reading a Noam dar tweet are you really just getting this yeah yeah, yeah every time i read Noam dar tweet i go ah i'm gonna read this one verbatim. Yeah, i just noticed that uh, so I wonder what he said to the Jehovah's Witness. Do you have a guess? Uh, probably, uh, can't do it. Come a dune, come a dune. Can I help you? Come a dune. Let's move on to the third tweet here, Justin. Sure. So this one you're going to have to follow me a little bit because okay. it's a thread, but I promise it's worth it. So the, the WWE Network, the official account, tweeted out, here's the night that WWE NXT Women's Championship reign of Asuka began, and it's a clip um, of Asuka's win over Bayley. Okay. Bailey responds to this saying, give me one more chance, Asuka. And the tweeter in question just says, no, replying to both Bailey and Asuka. So Bailey wants another shot at Asuka. Someone's saying no. But I'm going to give you a hint on this one, Justin. Okay. It is not Asuka. <laughs> it is not Asuka. <laughs> so someone is just. Denying Bailey the chance to face Asuka again. Is it someone who themselves would like that chance and has not received it? Uh, I guess that's impossible to say because I, it's an NXT title and it's probably someone from the main roster. Yeah, you're right about that. It's someone from the main roster who... So it's someone just, from the main roster who is also feeling like they have not gotten the chances that they might want. I don't know. Someone who complains on their phone... To such an extent that it became a storyline on Raw this past week. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I don't think it's Emma. I'm going to go with LOL herself, <laughs> Lana Online. <laughs> I wish it was Lana Online. It is an L. It's the legit boss. Oh. It's Sasha Banks telling her friend, no. <laughs> no. You cannot. Yeah, I didn't think that Sasha would be. Yeah, that seems like a heel thing, which is yeah. why I was thinking heels only. 
But maybe you're right, and the, the turn is coming. They, I'm, hey, I'm just saying. You're just a man. Uh, <laughs> I'm a human. A I'm a pioneer. A man with an idea. I'm an explorer. Yeah. I like to eat, too. Uh, okay, uh, Justin, this next one is in all caps, so I will read it as it is in all caps. Okay. I just played Robotnik and Mean Bean a boss stage in Sonic Mania, thus making Sonic Mania a contender for Game of the Year. Hmm. No, no punctuation. No punctuation. Full cap. Someone who's fired up about All the new caps, Sonic game that I really think the switch this week about Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. Getting good reviews. Sonic. Yeah, Mania. I think that has to be Xavier Woods, probably. Justin, uh, this is your best episode of Sunday Night Tweet ever. It is Xavier Woods. Oh shit, man! I'm on a roll. I'm. I'm gonna if say only I guess Sasha, I'd be fucking killing it right now. Yeah, you you did. You went with LOL, yeah. which uh, always a mistake. <laughs> Lana online. Are you ready for the last tweet this week, Justin? I am, yeah. I will never stop wrestling because I love wrestling. Think what you want, but no one will kill my dream and ambition to work on my wrestling. Mm. The will is in all caps, which is bizarre. I will never stop wrestling. Mm. Now, part of me was thinking that this was Ryback, but <laughs> uh, obviously, obviously, it's active members of the WWE roster, of which he is not. No, Ryback invented. Can you read it one more time? Yeah, I will never stop wrestling because I love wrestling. Think what you want, but no one will kill my dream and ambition to work on my wrestling. Now, this sounds like someone who is not currently wrestling and had been wrestling and is not good at wrestling and needs to continue to work at wrestling, which means that this is where LOL <laughs> factors into the picture. It is none other than Lana online. Laugh out loud indeed, Justin. It is CJ Perry. Yes. Lana. Yes. Did you go four for five? I went four for five, and I got the drum catchphrase this week. I'm fucking killing it. So while this may be the worst episode of the show so far. It's my best performance as a guesser. I gotta be honest, I, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. Four out of five? I'm impressed too. How so, did you get Noam Dar? Just like Seth Rollins, sometimes I can't even trust myself to get these things right. But this <laughs> week, I'm killing it. <laughs> and with that, let's uh, dance on over to round number three. Round three, fight! <laughs> Justin, you know what I like to do on Tuesday nights? Uh, watch SmackDown? Nope, go to band practice. But then I do watch <laughs> SmackDown Live after that. And uh, SmackDown is half the card going into Sunday's SummerSlam. Yeah, which is surprising. You would think it would be a less even split given the fact that it is the shorter show. Yeah. But I do think that Raw going top-heavy and cramming four of its big guys into one match has a big uh, part of that overall. Yeah, I think that's a, a big part of it is your even though you have that extra hour like you said four of your main eventers are all involved in one match so i guess that could account for it it still seems a little strange to me and as i look up and down this card there's definitely a lot of things i'm not interested in on the smackdown side of things so so well, we might get uh the drifter and our truth on the pre-show you're not excited for that I guess I am, that's not SmackDown side. I, that is not SmackDown side. I am legitimately more excited for that than I am for Rusev versus Randy Orton. Really? I will say that out the gate. Really? Because I think, I think they did a very good job of it this week. And obviously, it was a very short segment that they had this week. And it's been a very short build that they've had this week because Randy wasn't even on one of the shows on this very quick turnaround between Battleground and SummerSlam. So you really are building this feud out of 
two weeks, three weeks maybe? I think two weeks. But I feel like this week on the go home, they gave you the two best things about these guys. Oh, okay, go ahead. And that is Rusev just being a devastating ass kicker in a great wrestling match. Mm-hmm. He's had two really solid matches with Chad Gable. The previous one was a longer match and had more time to demonstrate just how good this guy is in oh, the man. ring and how good Chad Gable is as well. Uh, but more than that, he is a devastating ass kicker in the ring who is beating the shit out of an American. A guy who that we most identify as being the alpha American, oh. Chad Gable. Oh. So you, you built him up as this big bruising heel that I really enjoy. And then you let Randy do the thing that people love about Randy Orton too, and that is just appear out of nowhere and hit his finishing move. And it was short, to, it was sweet, it was to the point, it was all that you needed, and I, I'm, I'm really into both of these guys still. Like You're really into Randy Orton? Not super into him, but like... I would rather you to play the dog shit. In that sort of dose of him just appearing and hitting the RKO, like, the crowd went crazy, and you can't say that it wasn't fun, that it wasn't a cool moment on the show. I would never suggest... Every time I'm at a live event that Randy Orton is performing on, I am struck by how much people like, like Randy Orton. I think that's undeniable. Yeah. Every event I've been to, I go... First of all, the worst music on earth starts playing and people start cheering, which but in and of itself is impressive. I think it's impressive. because he's just so cool on the surface. He's very smooth. He, he's a very surface-level coolness yeah. that if you are a casual fan, if you're somebody who's just dropped in again after being away for a few years, this is a guy that you're naturally going to be drawn to. I think the problem is that there's no depth beyond that, and so as people who've been around for a long time, we're no longer fooled by the surface appearance. But you can't tell me that the RKO is not a satisfying move to watch and that this won't be a good match because both of these guys are good workers. It's just a very abrupt feud with no real build, but I did think that they did a good job. I will go on the record saying that I think this will probably be the worst men's match of the weekend this side of Big Show and Big Cast. I... I don't think there's a whole lot of evidence for Rusev or Randy Orton being good workers. Rusev good is worker. a good worker. They're both good workers. And Neither of them have like a great I think if match. Randy is like engaged, that he can definitely turn in a good B-plus match for sure. What, what is Rusev's best match? Uh, I don't know. What is Orton's? Like none of them have like yeah. these. Neither like, of them have these. Ro- blo- probably Roman Reigns for Rusev. Yeah. And Orton... I don't like I was fully in 2005, was, but I was really into all of the gender matches with Orton. Yeah, we we agreed on this. Yeah, I like the Punjabi prison a lot. But let's move on. Who who's winning this match? Do you care? You care? You uh, care. I don't. Me. I don't care really. It'll probably be Orton just because he probably needs to be continued to be rehabilitated, having dropped all those matches to gender. But really, the guy who needs to win something is Rusev, and it probably won't happen, unfortunately. Okay, here's here's something that uh, I don't think you're going to agree with me on. Okay. I am more excited for Naomi versus Natalia than I am for the Raw women's match of Bliss versus Banks. I don't agree with that at all. And I will explain why. I think that Natalia is probably the most sound, well-rounded worker on the women's roster. Not the best, but uh, maybe she's your women's Randy Orton in terms of never super peaks, but wildly consistent all over the place. And I think she's going to be a perfect person for Naomi to have her breakout match with. I I actually do agree with that, and I feel like... Have I said this on the show before, that as much as I, like, bemoaned the fact that Naomi got stuck in this stupid feud with Lana, like, they were short, brief squash matches that kept her on TV, but in a way where it felt like she wasn't really a big part of it. Yeah. So that, like, she was still, she never disappeared, but she felt like she wasn't important. So that when you put the focus back on her again, 
she doesn't feel overexposed. Yeah, I think and, and there is a that. possibility that she is going to hold on to this title for a very long time and like set the record for longest reigning women's champion ever. Uh, you know, I do feel like that is a possibility. And if you're going to have a lengthy run like that with not a huge variety of opponents for her on the SmackDown side, that a, a feud where she can sort of vanish but still be present and then get more shine again. Like, I'm not tired of her as champion. Which no, me neither. I was I was tired of Neville as Cruiserweight champion. I, sure. I am tired of Alexa Bliss, who feels, like, irrelevant. Yeah, I don't know what... She felt so good right after Mania, and then, yeah. I'm not too sure. But, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty into this match because I think it's going to be maybe Naomi's best showing in terms of an in-ring match. I totally agree with that, actually. Uh, so, so I'm down with that. Uh, and, of no. course, we have the looming threat of Carmelsworth hanging in the background Do you as think well. you see a cash in here? No. Um, just because we just saw one. Yeah, let's talk about this. Baron Corbin versus Nakamura. Let's get into it. Baron Corbin cashed his money in the briefcase, money in the bank briefcase on Tuesday. Uh, yeah. You want to walk through how it happened for uh, the people? Baron Corbin came out and he interrupted the John Cena versus uh, Jinder match to attack John Cena because that is his opponent for this weekend. but And Cena had also just completely laid out Jinder with a top rope AA, his second AA of the match. And, uh, you know, Baron started to walk away like he'd done what he wanted to in attacking John Cena. And then it clicked in for him that, wait a second, Jinder is just out right Jinder's now. Jinder's crushed, yeah. I'm going to cash in this contract. And he ran back into the ring, and he did that. I think the amount of time it took for him to realize that Jinder was down and out made him look kind of stupid. Definitely. And then the referee did something that I've never seen before, which is that he would not start the match until... Jinder was on his feet and conscious. Yeah, I do not understand We've never this. seen that from a cash-in What before. was that? It was very strange. Uh, and then he just gets distracted by John Cena on the apron, goes to punch him again, gets rolled up by Jinder, one, two, three. The contract is gone, and Baron Corbin is furious, and John Cena is laughing hysterically that he's just taken away the thing that this guy holds dear the most. So what do you think about this? For, for me, as it pertains to Sunday, SummerSlam, I think it actually adds to the John Cena-Baron Corbin feud. Big time. It deepens their feud in an enormous way. Even though I thought, as I was watching on Tuesday, like you said, the time in between made Corbin look like an idiot. But it also gives Corbin a reason to legitimately hate John Cena that he didn't really have before. Exactly. Um, which is good. I I also think it's good for the legacy of the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase and contract for there to be unsuccessful cash-ins. Yeah. Like, I didn't want Sheamus to successfully cash in two years ago because he definitely seemed like a guy who could handle failing his cash-in and not really lose anything as a character. What is Corbin? The third or fourth failed cash-in? Uh, second, Sa I think. It's no, Sandow and Swagger. Oh, Sa Swagger failed also? I'm pretty sure. Then it's just the three. I think it's the three, then. Uh, I could be mistaken about Swagger. Now you've got me questioning. Yeah, it. did Cena fail a cash-in as well? Because I know that he, like... Cena cashed in at Raw... Whatever the number but was, he like 1, set the match in advance. That's right. Did he win the match? I don't remember. Me neither. Uh, no more. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> yeah, no like more beer. when you think of failed cash-ins, it's mostly like Sandow is the big one yeah. that jumps out at me. Um, but you know, I think I think this is good. Like I don't. A lot of people are like, is this them pulling the plug on uh, Baron Corbin as a character? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think it's them also realizing that in the grand scheme of things, plotting out who your champion is is going to be long term. Uh, it doesn't make sense 
for him to have the belt at any point between no. now and WrestleMania. And it probably also doesn't do him a lot of good to just be the guy who constantly comes out and waves the briefcase around and reminds you that he has this thing that he can do whatever he wants with at any time. Uh, I, I think that it's a hard gimmick to work with when if you don't have a very established character already. Yeah, and I think that became a little bit uh, apparent, and he got a little exposed with that. I also did just look it up. You are right, I am wrong. Cena, Sandow, and Corbin, the only three. Swagger never did. Yeah. Uh, so, so there you go. For some reason I thought I did, but of course he was world heavyweight champion, which seems... Uh, Hilarious, but uh, I digress. So, who, who's winning this Corbin Nakamura match on? Uh, well, they're not. Or sorry, Corbin Cena match. Uh, I think Corbin is going to beat John Cena, and that's why he lost the briefcase. So this Be- launches angry Corbin. Yeah, uh, like his character seems to be that he is a furiously embittered fucking loser. Yeah, he is the internet tough guy personified. Except he's not good at being an internet tough guy as he has recently engaged <laughs> in Twitter feuds with all kinds of people including John Cena and Dave Meltzer and even Mojo Rawley. Oh really? And loses hard every single time what because happened with he's Mojo Rawley? not clever. He is not a clever individual. He is never going to beat you in an improvised war of words. But I do think that that works as a heel character to just be a fucking loser online, basically, and get showed up in person. And I do think also that beating John Cena at SummerSlam is a more valuable reward to him and where he's at right now than winning the WWE title at some point in the next year. I think there's a very real argument to be made for that. I don't know if it's... It depends. It all depends on how the cash-ins done. There's very memorable cash-ins and there's very forgettable cash-ins. Yeah. I think they're. I don't know that failing a cash-in is that much worse than doing like a very unforgettable cash-in. But but I move on. Uh, I also think Corbin's going to take it. I'm I messed up. I mentioned him before. Let's go there. What do you think about Nakamura and Jinder? Uh, I think Nakamura would have won if they still had the looming threat of a cash-in afterwards. Yeah. I don't know that the Jinder reign is ready to end right now. I don't and think I th- it is. And I think that this is a, a feud that you can run with for a little while here. I think that these guys might have a decent match in them. Uh, I didn't really like what... <laughs> wow, well, Na- there's a rousing well, endorsement. Well, they might well, have a but, decent... But, you know, like, what are, what are we supposed to expect no, from I, two guys who've you. never shared the ring before and who are hit and miss with who they have chemistry with? I agree. Like, Nakamura and, and uh, Baron Corbin was not good. Nope. And Jinder has obviously had bad matches, even with guys who can really work, like AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. So it is hard to tell what we're going to get here, but I think that these are two guys for whom they... I I do think they'll mix well. I think this is going to be a good match, and I think Jinder is going to retain through nefarious means. We're probably another uh, couple months away yet from him dropping the belt. I hate to do this, but I agree on all fronts. I think he wins by cheating, and you see the feud move on. Uh, I could see that being one of the better matches of the night, though. Okay, I hope you're right. I think that would I think that would be excellent for both of them. Absolutely, put on a cracker jack. Absolutely, I hate I would hate to come back next week and tell you that I was very very wrong, and there's a possibility <laughs> of that also. Oh. but I'm going to remain optimistic about. Can this. I rub it in your face if you were wrong? Absolutely. Can I say things like Ah, you big dope? Yeah, ah, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, you're gonna. You know what it is? I made a mess of my predictions, and oh. the janitor's gonna have to clean it up. <laughs> time <laughs> to take out the trash. Uh, you know who needs to have a good match on pay-per-view? AJ Styles and Kevin Owens need to. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be the one. 
Do you think this is the end of this feud? Yes, which means I finally think we get a decisive finish. Even with Shane involved, do you think a decisive finish? Yeah. I the, don't think so. Because they're not, like, whatever happens here is going to be something with Shane, you know? It's not, yeah. we're done with Owens and AJ on their own. This is the last time, I think. I I think you're right about it being the last time. And their their matches have been pretty good lately. The so. SmackDown ones are all good. Yeah. It's, it's a two pa- And I, I like the first pay-per-view one, too. I'm just saying they haven't had... If you would have told me six months ago, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens are going to have a going feud, to have a lengthy feud. It'll uh, last three for months and months. And in none of the pay-per-view matches will be very good. I know that that would be very difficult to believe. But this is also, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. This feud has come at a very weird time where the belt itself was in flux between yeah. two shows originally. Jericho got involved in it. It was just a very weird thing. It was a transitional thing. And then it all obviously played second fiddle to Money in the Bank as well. So while it's been going on for a long time, it has never really had that much focus. And fittingly, we're ending with a match where probably Shane McMahon will be the focus as well. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I am just stoked for this New Day Usos match. All of the matches have been good. I will say I didn't really like that Daniel Bryan treated the Usos like they were baby faces. It was weird, right? Because they... Like, viciously attacked people in previous weeks. It was very weird. It, it was wrong. Yeah, it felt strange. But no reason to think that couldn't be your match of the night. No, absolutely. I think that will be the match of the night. Yeah. I just hope that it's on the main card and not relegated to the pre-show because it's, I'm very excited for it. It certainly deserves it, especially with what they've done to this. I don't know where the SmackDown tag titles are going to go from here, but I'm extremely excited for that match. And with the end of round number three, Josh... It is time that we take a peek at our mailbag questions and find out what the people have in store for us here today. How about I ask you the first one, Justin? Sure. And this comes that. this comes from my best friend in the world, Michael J. Foist. Ooh. Uh, I listen. No offense, Michael. My actual very close friends aren't listening because they might find that offensive. But I do appreciate these great questions week in and week out. I really do, and I know you do too, Justin. I sure do. So I'm going to ask you, because this is something uh, we both, we both uh, we play these games. What finishers have you used in wrestling games for your custom wrestler and why? And again, that comes from Michael J. Foyce, Foyce to last I feel like we've talked about this before uh, when I, we were asked what would be my finisher. I just referenced what I use in oh, the, the video package games. file driver. Right. I have been using the package file driver lately, but that is not a move that has existed in wrestling video games until recently, so ah. I can't really say that I've been using that one forever. Uh, I also really like the uh, the Razor's Edge. I oh, think yeah. it's the, one of the coolest moves ever. It is one of the coolest moves I've, ever. I've been using that as a finisher in video games forever. Um, you know, uh, let me think, though, because I've been playing wrestling video games for a really, really long time. It's hard to remember what I was doing with them. I way, think Razor's Edge is a great answer. Kick ass. Yeah, Razor's Edge is definitely one that I've been using a lot. Um, much to our dear friend Matt's dismay, I have always used the bionic elbow as my finisher. <laughs> uh, it is. It takes a long time to do in the game. Once you are in it, you're just sitting there as I elbow you in the head three times. I and think I've been do doing this. Dance, I do a little dance on the couch yeah. while it's happening. Uh, but I think I'm just going to use this question as a means to shoehorn in an anecdote where my neighbor growing up was a gentleman named Bo. We were very into these wrestling video games together. And in every game, he would not make himself in the game like I do and I think you do. He would make a character named giant baby 
And Giant Baby was exactly what you think it was. It was a giant, is the biggest character you could make in the game, mm-hmm. naked but for a diaper and bald, and he would have Ray Mysterio's move set. Ah. So Giant Baby hitting me with the six one nine is what I think of. What um, I think my go to custom created that I remember from back in the day, and I don't even think I made this myself. Uh-huh. So much as a friend came over and made it on my machine. Sure, uh, which is that we just like uh, picked like uh, one of our a guy from school that we really did not like, and we made his mom into a character. Oh in no! Yeah, his mother. So, so Eric's mom was also, like you said, a, one of the most enormous characters <laughs> that you could possibly get. Like max out all the sliders to make this lady into a total freak show. I think she had Big Show's move set. Oh my god! And she may have had a run as the champ back in the day when I had the book. I'm not. I won't say that she didn't. Uh, but uh, I think she did. <laughs> That's uh, listen. I'm, I'm going to be honest here. A little insulting to yeah. Mrs. Eric, who yeah. uh, <laughs> listen. I have a close and personal relationship with, and she's not that big. Yeah, yeah. No, the, that was back in the day. Uh, I think that was the original WWF Raw for Xbox. Oh, yeah, I know the game. And so uh, we gave her like Perry Saturn's entrance. <laughs> so she came out with Moppy. And Who would ever too. use that music? I mean, come on. <laughs> Hit me with question number two. Uh, question number two comes to us from our friend Daniel uh, Cazetto at Early 90s Pants, who asks, would you consider Cody Rhodes' indie run a success? And I feel like we talked about this a couple months ago. Yeah, we, we did a round a couple months ago uh, on it, but I, I'll you? still say no. Really? I, I, I still think that he adds you, – You can't. I guess I can't say a straight no. Because what's the barometer for success? I'm sure he thinks it's very successful. Mm-hmm. It has done nothing to get me more into Cody Rhodes in any capacity. How about for you? Um, I'm I'm kind of into this like heel thing that he's been doing, running with Bullet Club. Lately. Yeah, he like, feels like a weird fit in Bullet Club he, to me. He does, but I do like the American Nightmare as a gimmick. Okay, like, it's I, a cool shirt. I really too. do uh, think that's a really smart use of like his legacy yep. gimmick, essentially. Uh, and it just is a new twist on it. I'm, I think it's good that he's doing all these things that he's always wanted to do. You know, I think just as someone who was trapped in the system forever, I, 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 it does. I am happy seeing somebody enjoy the kind of creative freedom and success that they have long wanted and not been able to have. I think that's an understandable viewpoint for sure. All I would say is when I see like the clips of being the elite and stuff, he seems like they're like stuffy dad hanging out with them. I don't know. He doesn't seem to fit for me. I don't. What's up, Cody Rhodes? Come on, go, go <laughs> you know, do me. Uh, you didn't ask me, uh, Daniel, second part. No, of this I question. did not. Which is also why did Bray Wyatt pour barbecue sauce <laughs> on Finn Balor? <laughs> Uh, and not even like, not even like thick, like good barbecue sauce, like like McDonald's chicken nugget barbecue sauce. Justin was sitting here being like, ah, if only it was mustard. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, then he could have sold it. Come on, fella. Yeah. yeah, then he then he is disgust at the viscous, acidic fluid. So I want to step further with this question. I remember watching a video from a couple years ago where Bray Wyatt, out of character, was at a barbecue food truck. Oh, really? So maybe he really likes barbecue and loves Finn Balor. Yeah, I think like his sister. Hosts That's what it is. Yeah. Some sort of uh, show. That's the club about uh, you know going and visiting different food places, sort of like. Diamond diners, drive-ins, and dives. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, except uh, hosted by a member of the Rotunda family instead of the amazing yeah. god Guy Fieri. Yeah, exactly. Our final question this week comes to us from the ice cream cake eater himself. It's Blair Pachinko. 
And Blair asks, what non-WWE WCW produced theme was your favorite for a wrestler? Also, which one do you think suited a wrestler the best, i.e. Motorhead, etc.? And I like that he made this distinction here because there is there are themes that I don't love, but I can fully admit are the wrestler embodied. Stone Cold is a great example. So does he just mean non like in house? Jim Johnson didn't make it. CFO Dollar Sign didn't make yeah. it. Licensed music, effectively. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Finger Eleven theme for Kane. Yeah, Slow Chemical, which was such a good song that. That got regular radio play yeah. at the time, which, like, imagine how weird that is if you got into your car and <laughs> turned the keys and the radio came on and you heard Kane's theme music <laughs> just regularly being on the radio. But Do you think anyone was ever in an exploding car while his theme was playing? Probably. It must have happened once, yeah, right? maybe at least one oh, time. Oh, amazing. Um, I mean, I hope the person's okay. Now, what the... the <laughs> The choice that I really wanted to make here was the Our Lady Peace one for Chris Benoit. I forgot But that. I feel like I've talked about Chris Benoit too much Yeah, lately. it's starting to become like, do you love yeah. All Murder Suicide? No, I actually really liked that Our Lady Peace song, though. Like, I yeah. had that on a bunch of mixed CDs. Nothing will ruin it a like kid. a man murdering his children. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that was a song that they played at their concerts and stuff, too. Oh, to probably not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, not, not for about 10 years yeah, or so. I was going to say for not the last decade. <laughs> Uh, for myself, I feel like it's it's such an obvious answer, but I, I can't pick anything else. It's called a personality for me. Oh, when, yeah. when Punk finally returns, and I like uh, Fire Inc- uh, Fire Burns, it's called, is the original WWE one? I think it's called the Fire Burns, something like that. Um, but I liked that as a theme from a lot. Mm-hmm. But when he finally returns after his long two weeks off... And Cult of Personality plays. Even the lyrics end up mirroring what CM Punk became so well. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me like his iconic theme, and he's had a few. I thought all of his themes have suited him well, even in ROH. But, yeah, I'll, I'll say Cult of Personality. In terms of fitting the guy, he brought it up there. I can't imagine Triple H without Lemmy singing it now. You yeah. You know what I mean? Um, both. Yeah, if you were to, like, to go back to, like, the... One tell yes. is this sound exactly. <laughs> Let me hear you with that triple H. <laughs> I don't think you can go back to that. Well, you certainly can't now. No. <laughs> There's no going back from that. I agree. <laughs> We are stuck with whatever that is. Uh, I think that was a pretty accurate impression. It was Come dead on. on. I knew yeah. exactly what you meant. It was. It wasn't its accuracy that was my problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll say. I'll say uh, all the Lemmy Triple H ones. I'll say King of Kings suits him extremely well, especially late career. Yeah. Uh, I. I also. It's. It's weird that this suits him as well as it does. But uh, Voodoo Child and Hulk Hogan oh, is yeah. so excellent. I you mean, know? Real American's excellent. I know, like, Hulk, the Hulkster really never had bad music. I, I'm sorry to do this, because I know that this the show isn't a, a great platform for this, and we're joking around, but just hearing Real American, and that ties to Hulk Hogan's racism, I do feel a need to at least say that, at least for my part of this podcast, I am blown away by the stuff happening in America and Charlottesville right yeah. now, and uh, this podcast takes a very staunch... Anti-white supremacist. Yeah, man. Did you watch the Vice News special? Uh, I no, I have it queued up on my laptop. It's I haven't. Frightening. Yeah. So I, 
This is not a show about that, yeah. but I do feel like I don't want to be silent about it. We have a platform. Out. That's right. And we must uh, use it to endorse anti-fascist causes. Punch Nazis, folks. We Every week we tune in and we see good guys fighting bad guys on TV. It's fun to cheer for the heels in wrestling. It's bad to cheer for the heels in reality, and the heels are whichever side has a swastika on it, as Lance Storm so helpfully pointed out this week. Uh, yeah, so punch a Nazi if you get the chance. You'll feel great, and uh, that's the only thing that scares them back into their holes. They are emboldened to come out and do these things in public. Beat the shit out of them at every turn. They are the whiniest babies that you will ever see in your life. For dudes who talk tough about liberal snowflakes who need safe spaces, they cannot stand being confronted. Punch a Nazi in the face. It's the best thing that you can do. It's all Uncle Sam is asking of you, and you owe it to yourself to uh, to do everything that you can to try and combat this awful behavior. And it only endears me more to Sami Zayn. I don't know if you've seen some of his comments on his Twitter feed, but I, I, not to bring the mood of the podcast down as we're uh, no, closing up here. Honestly, but we, we have a platform to be able to say important things. Right. We would be remiss if we did not say them. And that is my stance on it. Um, I mean, th- th- my ultimate problem with these white supremacists is th- they're the opposite of hot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I don't is, know if I can do No, this, this is the worst segue <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> Look, we have some pieces of advice for the folks at home this week, and it starts with punch Nazis. One. And it continues with, look, it's the summertime. You're going to want to keep cool, but ultimately, you're going to have to be, be hot. hot. And the thing is, you're out there, the, the patios are open, you're eating at new restaurants, maybe you're eating some food that uh, makes you want to be spicy. And ultimately... This sucks. <laughs> Nazism tastes terrible. <laughs> the best thing you can be is something that tastes great. Because the best thing that you can be is Curry Man! Titus Worldwide!